0: Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner in crime for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, your vocation, your spiritual life, or maybe your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode
1: of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to Next Step Leadership. My name is Chris Maxwell, and I'm here with my friend Tracy Reynolds. Uh, Tracy, uh, who is our guest again today? Nicole Eunice is our guest today. She was with us
0: last time, and I had such a great time uh, reading her book, The Miracle Moment, but meeting her, uh, hearing her unpack some of the the early thoughts in that book. And I can't wait to dive into what in the world is the miracle moment mm. and how do you get there? So welcome back, Nicole. It's great Thank to have you, you with us.
2: Thanks. I'm glad to be with you guys.
0: Well, let's just dive into that part. Uh, the miracle moment. Uh,
2: what is that? Mm. And can you unpack that a bit for us? Absolutely. And you know, what I really appreciate about miracle moments is they are small minutes and moments in time where things can be different. And I think in a very um, complex leadership culture that we're currently in with just our experiences with our own selves, our experiences with our families, and then with the work that we do, it can feel so daunting and overwhelming to figure out what is it that I, who do I need to be and how am I becoming that person? But miracle moments are really about these very specific moments in time that we have all had. It's the moment where you feel frustrated disappointed you just have a miss in a connection in a relationship and the miracle moment is not about that moment because we all have those moments and those moments are not going away the miracle moment is about the next moment Hmm. when you realize that something has gone amiss and instead of following your normal pattern whatever that pattern is whether you give up blow up, shut up, you know, get up. And instead of all of those options, you actually lean in instead and you find a way. And we really, in Miracle Moment, we talk about all the ways to really align um, what you're feeling, what you're thinking and how you're acting into, you know, sort of integrity with who you are.
1: Mm. Well, take us to some of those ways. I feel like this is so important and so vital for us to hear.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the best ways, really, honestly, is to is to think about a moment that you've had like that. So it might be something at work. It might be something at home. I um, tell a story in the book about, you know, deep in pandemic days, when all my kids were working from home, doing school from home, my husband was working from home, which, by the way, is going to now continue. I mean, many of us are facing yeah. totally different ways of working and relating. And so all of that was going on. And I'm standing at the coffee pot. And my husband just bebops out of his office. You know, um, he's worked out of the home for twenty-three years, and so this isn't this is a new dynamic. And I'm right, literally trying to write a book chapter in my head. Like I am, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm working through all of this miracle moment stuff at the time, working on my manuscript, and he comes out of his office and he's like, "Do you want to take the dogs for a walk?" Like real, ha-, he's a real happy, you know, morning person. And I snapped at him, and I was like. I don't have time to do that. Like something just snapped, you know, and that was the normal moment, right? That's just the normal moment. I didn't know why I snapped. I didn't know what I was thinking about. All I know is that I was irritated and I let him know it right now because we've been married a long time. So he just let, and he's a pretty laid back guy. So he just like, let it roll off his back. He kind of, he looked hurt. Like I, you know, but he just went back to his office. So what I realized was, oh shoot, I'm writing a book about relationships. Like I have to now like use the trick, like I have to use the tricks that I'm writing about. And so one of those tricks is to rewind the game tape. And that really just means like, what if, if you have a moment where you're like, why did I just do that? Or like, why is that person acting that way? Just rewind the game tape and and take a minute to think through, well, what was I feeling? What was I experiencing? And when I tell you guys I know it's my work to help people with dynamics but one of the reasons that I love this work is cuz I'm really bad at it. I'm really <laughs> really not good at self-awareness. It's part of my temperament. It's part of a lot of leaders temperaments. It what it's what keeps us moving forward, right? Cuz we're not like navel gazing all the time. But I need to, right? Cuz I'm I I care about that relationship and I don't want to I don't want to be a person who explodes on someone when it's not their fault, you know. So I rewind the game tape in my mind and I'm like, what was I thinking about? And I use a trick that I teach in the book. And I like to think of it as like, you've got a trick in each pocket, right? You've got your right pocket and you've got your left pocket. And one of those techniques is to rewind the game tape. And in my right pocket, I have this statement. I am not as right as I think I am. Like, many of us will immediately justify our behavior. And I did. In my mind, I was like, well, I don't know why you had to come out of your office right in the middle of me. I was in the middle of something. Of course, I can't walk the dogs. I'm in the middle of my workday. So this is what my mind is doing, right? We are going to justify our actions. We're always going to justify our behaviors to ourselves. So I've got to have this mantra that says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not as right as you think you are. Even when someone explodes on you, like what's, can you believe that you're like 2% wrong about what might have just happened then? Mm-hmm. And then in my left pocket, I've got, I'm not as wrong as I think I am. Like I am responding to something mm-hmm. and that something that I'm responding to is worth just leaning in and paying attention to. Yeah. So when I did that with my husband at the coffee pot, it was like, okay, I, I was 100% wrong to snap at him. There's no, there nothing about that that was right. But when I pulled out my left-hand pocket, I'm not as wrong as I think I am. Something is going on. What I realized was I was frustrated and resentful because I felt like he could go to his office, shut the door, spend 10 hours at work. I was now juggling a book project, multiple consulting work, and my three kids' school schedules. I was interrupted like every 15 minutes, and he wasn't. Now, I have not told him any of these things. In fact, I didn't even know. I really didn't even know that I was carrying resentment. And so holding that side that says, I'm not as wrong as I think I am. So what I ended up doing is I used what I write about. I gave a real apology and a real apology does not put excuses behind it. Right. doesn't say, but but what I did was I said I was wrong. I'm sorry, I was a jerk. Like, can I make it up to you? Like, and of course he was like, it's totally fine. And then I said, but hey, I did realize something through that. Could we take a walk later Tonight, and can I just share with you a little bit of what I learned? Well, when we did that, and I was I used my feeling words, which I'm not as good at, and I said, "Hey, I've been feeling anxious. I'm worried about the success of this book project i've'm I'm, I'm I have building resentment over just the way that life is right now. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that walk, we had a solution. He was like, why don't I send you away for the weekend? Like, let's just find a hotel that's open and you can just go right uninterrupted. So that is a total miracle to me. A moment that would have been easy yeah. to just let go of. Just, he was he was gonna forgive me, you guys. Like, then right. this is what happens, right? As leaders is we take for granted the people around us. Mm-hmm. He would have let it go. But what that would have created, it just would have created more distance And it would have created more resentment for me, which I wasn't aware of. I hadn't done the work of figuring out what was going on. And we wouldn't have gotten to a solution, like a great solution where I felt loved. I felt affirmed and believed in. And I also was being better. Like I just became a better leader mom and wife all because of that one moment of doing the work of really engaging what's really going on. I'm not as right as I think I am. I'm not as wrong as I think I am. So let's get to that middle space and find that miracle moment. And that really was it was a miracle moment right in the middle, right in the book.
1: How can more of our leaders uh, be willing to find those two pockets, um, yeah. and those those moments when we just really don't even know? Because it's story after story of of situations similar to yours where we uh, where we encountered a, a conflict or some moment of tension. And then we just moved on and we never Mm -hmm. dealt with it. And that Mm -hmm. happens uh, in our personal lives, in our families, and in our leadership. Uh, We just just move on instead of letting that situation be a part of the healing process and growth and development.
2: And I think a lot of us are scared, too. Like, we're scared of what we're going to find. And I just like to acknowledge that, that, you know, leaders generally tend to have big energy and that energy can shape a room and it can shape Mm -hmm. the way that people engage with you. So you can use your big energy to avoid situations where you might feel insecure, where you might feel like you've got to apologize, where you, I also think leaders don't like to feel (laughs) ill-equipped. Like, so if I'm really like, I've been promoted, I've been given, you know, a mantle because I'm good at X, Y, Z, but in reality, I'm actually like not good at ABC and I'm not good at listening and I'm not good at apologizing. I'm not good at compromise, let's say, let's just as an example. And as we begin to grow in our leadership, we become more and more insecure that we don't have some of those basic yeah. tools so we try to cover and hide them. and we can use our big energy to just bring people along and keep avoiding. But I will tell you because I work with leaders who are in all stages of their leadership. There is deep regret if you get to sort of end-stage leadership and you re- you recognize I have rolled people over in my family, in my life, or I've um, abdicated leadership, which also leads to deep regret. I've abdicated leadership by being a peacekeeper, and in doing so I haven't actually like lived out my entire legacy the way I could have. So um, I have a lot of compassion for the reality that a lot of us just feel like not well-equipped – To handle that stuff. And Mm. then we become successful, quote unquote. (laughs) And we're like, wait, Mm -hmm. how do I go back to life 101? Like, nobody, I don't know what, I don't know how to do this very well. And um, of course, people are infinitely complex. So it's not an easy problem to solve, but it is solvable. And it is amazing what can change in your life if you're able to add a few of these tools to your toolbox. I personally uh, love the idea that I'm not
0: as right or as wrong. As, as I think I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I think culture right now, we tend to portray as if one side is so decidedly right or the other side so decidedly mm-hmm. wrong. Um, I get really nervous around anybody who uh, tends to make very complex issues seem so simple. Yes. Life just isn't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so nuanced. But to be able to say, you know, I don't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, people relate far more with my weakness than they do my perceived strength mm-hmm. anyway. Right. So I might as well lean into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like, too, that when you have a moment like you had with your husband, that it's instructive to the next moment. It's like mm-hmm. it's encouraged to say, well, you know, I got that right. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not as bad as I thought I was either. You know, I right. actually can, can get better at this. Yeah. Uh, and I think my mind goes immediately to times when I have failed. Uh, mm-hmm. and have the good sense to stop in the middle of that and just stop the tape and say, okay, what was that about? Yeah. What was really going on there? And every time, Nicole, that has a potential for redemptive yes. purposes. I, I, you know, I, I don't ever regret that I took the time to do that, but I do regret when I plow through that and I mm. go back later again. it just becomes a regret and a, and a missed opportunity.
2: Yeah. And I I mean, I think especially in this season for leaders, one thing that I find that I'm coaching, you know, a lot of my leaders on is this may still feel like failure. Like a lot of things can still go wrong, but can you have integrity in it that you yourself have stayed in your integrity? And what I mean by that is not moral failure. I mean, the ability to look back and say, did I walk with that person every step of the way? Was I humble in that and willing to listen and receive? Or did I power up or get arrogant or get distant? Because that's the big regret. You can't control, I mean, there's, obviously we know, there's tons we can't control. You guys probably talk with other pastors, your pastors yourselves, I'm a pastor myself. It's very deeply sad when our people leave our congregations, when they leave on divisive matters. All of that's happening with every pastor I work with. And I want to say, you know, hey, Are you staying in your integrity? Are you able to listen? Are you able to own all that you can when there's a situation that you can own so that you can release the rest of it and not try to control the outcomes, but actually feel like I have the opportunity to control the way that I show up in the world and that gives me the freedom to like things can fail and I'm no longer like hooking my identity onto those failures or successes. I'm really placing that identity back into this. What does integrity look like? Am I becoming who really God has called me to be? And then I can navigate the storms a little bit differently. I, that's my hope.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great hope. Tell us, um, before we end, I want you to tell us a few stories of how how this has worked. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how, how have you seen some lives changed um, by just kind of leaning into and embracing the miracle moment? And then after this, I want you to, to tell our audience uh, uh, how they can get a copy of your book and pass it on to others.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so um I think it I can just with keeping confidentiality of course like I can see folks in my mind who just worked on these techniques and I've seen them play out. And a huge one that um, I think as leaders, just because we're trying to get somewhere and I get like, again, I am number number one failure. That's why I write books about stuff like this. It's not because I'm good at it. Is I just want to get somewhere, right? Like that's what we're about. That's why we yeah. lead. We, we're excited to move forward, right? And I've seen so much just connection and depth come from a leader who slows down enough to make sure that they have heard and heard not just heard the words, but heard the emotional tone of a person that they're working with or their spouse or their child, like any relationship. The ability to say, wow, now that I hear that from you, that sounds like it would be really stressful. Or, wow, it sounds to me like you felt really misunderstood. Or, gosh, that must now that I hear it from your angle, like that must've been really hard. Just the ability to take that one moment before you move to the next moment where you actually engage with what the words were, but also what the emotional temperature was with a person. You just, it's as as if I can see two parties move toward one another. Like it's like their spirits move toward one Mm -hmm. another even when they stay socially distant. Mm -hmm. Like you can see just the warmth like the room warms up because when a person feels heard and you wait until they get to say to you, yeah, that is what I meant. And one of those things that I often tell leaders, I'm like, Hey, if someone's repeating themselves to you, it's because they don't think that you've heard them. Mm -hmm. If you, if Mm -hmm. you just feel stuck in a loop with someone, with whoever that person is in your life, they keep saying the same thing. It's because you're not giving off the vibe that you have heard them. So it's on you to slow down and say, Hey, wait, you keep saying, like I you're repeating this. So it must, is it feeling like I'm not hearing you? Is there something else that you want me to hear? And then trying to name those feeling words. It's amazing what that does to the rep. It's basically, we raise the temperature in the room in a way that feels warm and connected. And then like everything else just goes so much better. The whole rest of the conversation, even when it's a hard conversation, it just goes so much better because Mm. the person feels heard. When you are a leader and you hold the power, to move a conversation forward and you just move forward without making sure the person feels heard, you are missing a huge opportunity. It really is that opportunity for a person to feel affirmed by you. Now, we're not all going to be therapists. You do not need to sit in your office and listen to somebody for 65 minutes, talk about whatever. But I'm talking about that beginning, like making sure, especially when we get into more difficult conversations, that you stop to say and own all that you can. If there's anything you can own, um, own that part. Don't own. Don't own more than you can. That's an. That's another. You know, temptation. Don't do that. But own all that you can. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. We didn't communicate well about that. Now that I hear it from your angle, that is something that you we should have. You should have known that. Now you don't have to say any more than that. Don't. Don't say. Oh, we're terrible. Uh, it just. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. You should have known that, and that made that more difficult for you. What can we do to move forward from here? Just. Own a piece of it until you see them nodding, you see them warming up. Um, that that makes a huge difference And that there's, there's a lot of pre-work. I want to say that to leaders. The Miracle Moment has a whole first section. That's all the pre-work that gets mm. you to be authentically interested yeah. in a person's perspective that's different than yours. And I have a lot of compassion for the fact that we're not all, we have to work on that. We really yeah. do have to work on that. Yeah. So that's all in the first part of the book, just to get you to that place. But man, if you can get to that place, your your trajectory of leadership can totally change. It's amazing.
1: All right. So good. Well, tell us about the book and how people can uh, pick up a copy.
2: Sure, yeah. It's You can get it anywhere um, that we have books. This was a really fun project. I got to work with Right Now Media, which a lot of churches use, and we put together two different products, actually. We have a Bible study. So for those of you who are... Um, faith-based and you're interested in the biblical principles behind Miracle Moment, there's a six-week Bible study and video series with Right Now Media that kind of gives you all of those very, very clear principles from scripture. But the book was really designed for anyone that you could give to anyone, anyone who works on your team. Um, There's biblical principles within, but they're not explicit. So it's a way to just be engaged on your leadership side. And Right Now Media also put out a series of leadership Uh, videos. So a four set that you can use with teams and team building. So you can find all of that anywhere books are sold, or you can come over to my website if you want to check out a little bit more.
1: Well, thank you so much. We've loved these conversations and you're helping us learn how to live as leaders, but uh, find ways to live in the, the miracle moment and helping understand ways that each of us can let our next step be our best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership,
0: the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Hey, do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Follow them on Instagram at casualamericans, and new music is coming soon. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.